0: bridge toll california customer service number highway miles to the gallon ford focus thailand cave rescue operation what is schema f best wine bars in san carlos california best western hotels how old is Ronaldo? what happened with big brother what's a good engagement how long gift? before a wedding should i send out how many save the, dates? Are in the first series use IMAP to check gmail on other email clients identify the fonts, fonts. fonts from where to and find you were four years Habit Hi, welcome
1: Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be taking a step outside of our normal SEO applications, and we're going to be discussing other ways to use search data. Joining me today is Tori Gray, who's the CEO and founder at Gray.Company, which is a digital consultancy focused on providing senior level expertise for SEO and digital strategy products. So far this week, Tori and I have discussed up leveling your keyword matrices we've talked about the seo customer funnel and today we're going to be wrapping up where we're talking about non-seo applications of search data so with that here's my conversation with tori gray ceo and founder at gray.company
0: this podcast is also sponsored by hrefs what if i told you that you could monitor your website's seo health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs sounds too good to be true
1: Tori, thanks for coming back on the podcast.
2: Thanks again. Lovely to see you again.
1: Nice. Now, I'm really excited about this topic today. This is also a topic that I've I've been really kind of trying to champion as well, because I do think there is such depth to the type of data that we have access to. And utilizing for just SEO tactics, I think is only one way to go about really taking full advantage of it. So I guess first, how do you think about search data as a whole, besides just in the sense of tactics?
2: Oh, search data is so broad and so beautiful and so wonderful. And it has, I think, sometimes such obvious applications that it can be easy to forget that you can answer things that are meaningful and they're broader outside of SEO and outside of marketing as a whole, frankly. So when I, when I talk about search data, what I mean specifically here. You know, broader—it's it's digital data, but it's data that you are often looking at on a day-to-day basis from an SEO. So that can be literally keyword volume data that you're going to get either from your Google Keywords Insight tool, or perhaps even better, it's from your paid search ads account, or it might be from you know a third-party tool like a Semrush or an Ahrefs. I like to look at a lot of different data sources because different ones evaluate different things, and it could it be interesting to see those differences. But outside of those applications or those specific sources of that data, I'm also talking about the ability to scrape publicly available data. So that can be YouTube, that can be TikTok data that's publicly accessible and indexed in Google. There's different information you can pull in order to understand what actions people are taking and how that's meaningful and useful, again, for your bigger strategic decisions as a business.
1: Excellent. And I I do like that you made the recommendation of using more than one data source. I think that's something that oftentimes is worth kind of reminding ourselves of that with all these tools, there's always going to be limitations to it. It's, I always like to not necessarily look at them as a sure source of truth because you can go into different tools and see differences in search volume the way that companies might be clustering keywords or even from Keyword Planner, you're going to have some limitations to that. So using different sources is going to help paint a more accurate picture of that. Tori, from your experience with this, like how, and let's take just kind of search demand data, like how are you communicating that to other people? Maybe it's an executive. Because I think like typically... As as SEOs, we're going to say things like, okay, well, the keywords have a search demand of this. But it's like, really, if we're thinking about like, okay, well, what does search demand tell us? It's a window into consumer behavior. Like, how are you communicating to, whether it's executives or other people within a business, the SEO data sets? Or like, how are you phrasing it to them to come back to our previous day's conversation on uh, vocabulary?
2: The thing I like to remind people of is that you don't lie to Google. It's private data. And I'm I'm comparing here very specifically to market research. And I'm talking about these $150,000 at minimum reports that people are running to get five insights that they're using. We can often get that insight very quickly, perhaps more accurately. Now, it depends on the subject matter. And granted, if we're talking search data, we're probably talking with historical rolling data. So there's limitations to this data set, just like there's anything else. So what I like to do is talk about those limitations. Are we looking at historical data? Because if we were looking at that at the start of, say, COVID, that would have been meaningless because everything went out the window, right? So there's times when that's meaningful and there's times when it's not. But there's also examples when you might be searching for something embarrassing, and whether that's about your sexual health or the way you're going to doctors or, you know, these more sensitive subject matter you're more likely to Google it where you can hide than you are to perhaps fill out a survey for a market research company accurately. So I think understanding that people are very truthful is an important consideration. It's also important to understand that people won't search for it if they don't know it exists. So if you're talking about industry building, then this is gonna be not really the tool in your tool set. You're not gonna grow that. You're gonna be able to define how big it is today. And if it's worth engaging in SEO or initiatives around that or you know you have to do more education and building around what is this how is it meaningful so that people know what it is so that people start to google it so i'm thinking of like the ipod here when the ipods coming out like no one was googling hey i want a little tiny machine that holds more music than my cassette player right it it didn't exist they didn't know they had to do awareness building for their industry But there are cases when you want to know things, when the user's already looking for that and understand how big is that? How big is that relative to this over here that you could be doing and help prioritize initiatives, which is a really important use case for this data, if you ask me.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I also... Another piece that I like to, to recommend too in this is to not always... like I feel like a lot of times we use just like what the current search demand is or if we want to use different vocabularies, consumer demand. But I really like to combine historical with that to then have context into, it's not just what it is today, but like, has it been growing? Has it been shrinking? If we're looking at two different kind of categories and they have similar search man, well, which one's trending up or which one's trending faster? Are we, if a company maybe grew 10%, but their category grew 20%, that 10% looks not quite as lucrative. So I think adding in the historical component is, is helpful in that regard too.
0: Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io.
1: So that's kind of within this consumer demand category. You mentioned other scraping data, YouTube, TikTok, What are some of your favorite kind of applications or data sets that you would be able to pull from sources like that?
2: Um, a lot of things, it gets juicy here. So I, I mentioned the is this demand for this or this bigger? I think that's one of the bigger and more obvious use cases. Do I want to go into this field or this field? Do I want to offer this product or this product? There's more that goes into that decision for your business. How can you differentiate, you know, these other things that are really meaningful to that decision. But if there's a huge delta in what people are looking for, that can help you make that decision better. It is an important data piece that's part of the overall story. I think competitive intelligence is really, really interesting. So I'm talking big brands here where people are looking for branded term versions of things. So if you want to talk to Comcast, if you want to be the latest Comcast competitor, do you want to understand why people are mad at Comcast? Because you can quantify that. You can see how often people are. You can look to these sites to see what the sentiment is. You can count the number of issues that they've had. You can count how many times people are searching for this issue versus this issue. Right. So you can really understand and layer those pieces next to each other in order to understand what do you want to do? What can you capitalize on? How can you serve the need that they aren't meeting today in order to really stand out and do great work? So I think that competitive analysis portion is really impactful. I think it can also be useful for resourcing. So I'm talking like, are you gonna hire? Where are you gonna hire? How many people are you gonna hire? What's the demand? You can tell that, you can tell pretty decently with some of this keyword data, are they looking on a city level? Are they looking on a state level? Are they like, where is the search volume? Where should they be? What language should it be in? Should it be in a different country? Because we can easily tell that kind of data. I think the last one to, to talk through is maybe talking about information for your sales teams. So you can quantify what maybe those obvious objections would be so that when your sales team is going out to talk to your customers for the first time, they have a good idea of the challenges that people are having today and then how your product will help them solve that. Same thing for customer service, kind of the same. What articles do you need to create in order to make sure you serve that user? Instead of a competitor, you can look at your own data. Where are your own customers frustrated? How is that going to change your own roadmap and what you want to build? Because it makes sure that, oh, this is where people are the most mad. Here's a problem I can solve.
1: That's such a such a great point. And... I think, too, going back to, you know, something we touched on in our conversations earlier this week is using and showcasing how search data can be this greater business value and it can be this greater source. And so like your examples that you just gave, whether it's sales enablement or customer service, that can also be a huge factor in just gaining interest or support. From SEO, like if we're able to help other parts of the business through data that we have access to, that gets us a seat at the table. It gets people more interested in it. So I think that, from just like an SEO career development and progression, can be super super helpful. And I think the last piece too that I would kind of like to throw in here too. In the same way that we're advocating to use search data outside of SEO, also there's situations where you can use other data sources for SEO and I like they were bringing up some of those social channels because a lot of times I mean for the most part in SEO we're looking through the rearview mirror at the data that we have and so identifying emerging trends and topics social can be a nice channel or source for that where SEO you might be a little kind of lagging and waiting for that search demand to increase or just like we said, for the tools to refresh what they're showing on those search demands.
2: Absolutely. YouTube data can tell you so much. How many times did they view that video? How many people liked it? That's like, if it's your own first party data, then you can know how long did they watch it. These kinds of things can help you make really meaningful decisions so that you're talking to the consumer about the right thing at the right time and really providing value and serving their needs.
1: Absolutely. Well, with that, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks for Tori Gray for joining us in the last few days on this podcast. I found the conversations very insightful. So again, that's Tori Gray, CEO and founder at gray.company. And if you'd like to find more, get in touch with Tori, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in their show notes, or you can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is Tory Lynn T-O-R-Y-L-Y-N-N-E visit our company's website, thegray.company. And also be sure to check out our show notes where we have a link to her web series and podcast, Opinionated SEO Opinions.